0: hello welcome everybody sf live episode 109 this morning in a few seconds i'll be joined by sam ash he's the president ceo of bunker hill mining a company i'm personally really excited about to see what they're up to in idaho the company has a lot of legacy issues a lot of things to work through but the new management team is phenomenal and i'm quite excited to have sam ash here with us today to talk about it and run us through what they're planning to do but before we get started please be reminded to follow us on Twitter follow us on YouTube hit the like subscribe button and uh, leave a comment leave a like we always like hearing from you Also, make sure to use hashtag AskBNKR, that's the company's ticker, and they're still listed on the CSE, but they're uplisting to the Toronto Venture Exchange very soon. We'll get to the details there in a second. So make sure to use that hashtag on Twitter. We'll get to the questions at the end of our conversation with Sam, or if if fitting, I'll actually try to sprinkle them in as well. Now, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Sam Ash. Sam, thanks for joining us this morning, and really appreciate it. It's great talking to you. This is the first time we're chatting. Welcome on the program.
1: Thank you, Kai. It's great to be here. Yeah,
0: It is it is like, there's a lot of history. There's so many things like I was talking to you beforehand and I said, like, we could easily make this an hour and a half long episode. Um, Bunker Hill has a lot of uh, legacy, and uh, good and bad. And uh, actually having you uh, chatting with us is is phenomenal, because your parents used to work at Bunker Hill, you're a kid of the area, and uh, run us the firsthand history that you how you learned about it. The history of the mine. we're all going to catch up on the story together. So Let's work through that.
1: Absolutely. So the you know the Bunker Hill Mine is really has a pretty long and storied history in the in the history of American uh, mining industry in America. You know the mine was actually uh, actually founded and operated for over ninety five years, starting in the in the late eighteen hundreds. And over that period of time, it was a uh, one of the driving uh, factors and one of the cornerstone assets that. You know, fueled the American the American Industrial Revolution, and uh, and it it produced an awful lot of metal over its 95 year history.
0: And uh, your your dad used to work in the mine, and you're back in Kellogg right now, so um, there there's a personal connection to it all. Like, and I always love when the CEO is actually on site as well. So so run us through the more recent history of the company, and run us up all the way up till March. Like, what has happened? What was the plan? And then uh, we, we'll jump in, dive into more details. March moving forward.
1: Well, absolutely. You know, so you know, I guess I'll start in uh, in 1981. So in 1981, the uh, you know the mine w- was closed, and it was a combination of factors. One was uh, increasing environmental regulation, uh, the you know the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act. Um, one was uh, some uh, labor unrest, and the and also a low commodity cycle. You know, so. At that point, the uh, the mine went into care and maintenance. Uh, it was operated again briefly in the uh, early 1990s, uh, but since nineteen ninety two, there really has been uh, no work at, at the mine site. You know, there was a, there was a series of uh, companies and, and promoters, promotional uh, focused companies that uh, made some attempts and and tried to uh, tried to advance the project but uh, at the end of the day there was really no meaningful work no no drilling no uh, no work on the on the resource and um, and myself and richard williams my uh, uh, executive chairman uh, you know we came in uh, early this year uh, you know uh, late march early april and and really w- what we focused on was you know advancing the project you know, i think it's uh, certainly important to understand that you know richard and myself we believe uh, 100% that the way to go forward is to produce some meaningful results, and uh, and really we really see that to be a cornerstone asset of a, you know of what we you know intend to be a, a multi-asset uh, mining company. That's very important. We although we are in a uh, kind of brownfield exploration stage right now, you know we're here to build a mining company and, and produce metals and, and sell to the market.
0: Fantastic. Let's run us through quickly the production history of Bunker Hill before we dive in. And you touched on March already, March, April, and we're going to get to all those details. I want to hear about them. And yeah. and you mentioned Richard already. So a lot of things, Um, but, but just, just uh, in a nutshell, what, what was produced there? What were what, the, what like, what, what came out of it?
1: Well, the, uh, you know, the mine is a, uh, is a polymetallic uh, ore body. There's no doubt about that. Uh, starting in the, in the late 1800s, it was it was mined as a uh, as a lead mine uh, uh, in the early 1900s. Uh, the uh, the advancement of pro- of uh, smelting uh, technology allowed the uh, the zinc component of the ore body to be ex- exploited and produced out of. Uh, and, and over that hundred year history of operation, the uh, the Bunker Hill Mining Company was a primary lead zinc producer. What's really interesting is over that period of time, you know, over 165 million ounces of, of silver were produced you know, entirely as a byproduct. No operational focus and no geologic focus was put into the, uh, into the silver component of the, of the deposit, which is uh, really pretty exciting for us. We think that there is an opportunity to look at it, the, this deposit, and look at this property through a new lens that has never really been looked at or, or viewed through. Uh, that being said, it is a polymetallic deposit, and, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the value in the asset will be uh, polymetallic in nature. Gotcha,
0: and uh, let, let, let's t- touch on that. And then there's like, you you hinted at it, uh, but I want to dive down just a little deeper. You and Richard, when you joined in March, and uh, we're going to get to your personal history and Richard's history in a, in a second as well. But what, what attracted you to the asset? Like, why, why were you attracted to Bunker Hill? I'm sure you had options.
1: Well, when um, when when I was looking at an o- opportunity to uh, to do something more entrepreneurial in, in the mining space, really what what I was looking for uh, was the opportunity to kind of build a different mining company. You know, I uh, my, my from my history, you know, I was certainly uh, worked from within the industry, but I I was looking for a challenge to be able to create a company in in kind of the view and the mold of what I think the, the direction of the mining industry is taking. and I think that what you see on the macro level is you see, you know, a voracious and expanding appetite for, uh, for commodities and metals going forward, uh, but at the same time, society is demanding that uh, mining take place in a, in a much different way, much more socially, uh, socially aware and certainly more environmentally aware. You know, I move towards, uh, you know, lower environmental impact having a um, very much a positive social impact and moving away from, and I think that that's going to be moving away from kind of the multi-billion dollar capital investment with uh, an outsized environmental footprint and, and the, the negative social impacts that can come with operations of the, that scale and magnitude. That, coupled with the, the fact that uh, deposits that, uh, that justify that level of capital expenditure are becoming rarer and rarer. And I think that if you look around North America in particular, you know, there is a uh, there's a subset of um, assets that that are stranded for one reason or another, that are distressed for past environmental performance, uh, you know, social license to operate. And I think that uh, with the right management team and the right focus, that there's a tremendous amount of value to be created by looking at and, and tackling the challenges associated with distressed assets head on. And that's really the uh, that's really the kind of the, the 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 type of asset that we're looking for, and that's that's what we see the you know the the opportunity to create value in a space that is overlooked somewhat.
0: Interesting, yeah. Those are excellent facts, and I was wanted to dive a little deeper on ESG when asking more about uh, Bunker Hill in detail. But uh, before we dive, before we get sidetracked. Uh, Give us a bit of a personal history and Richard's history as well. Like how how do you connect or how did you connect and uh, what do you bring to the table here?
1: Well, yeah, most recently, uh, you know, before coming to Bunker Hill, you know, I spent uh, quite a bit of time in Africa. You know, so I was I worked for uh, Barrick, Barrick Gold. And, you know, for the past kind of four years, I was in uh, as the general manager of the Lamoana copper mine in, in Zambia. There was a bit of a turnaround project there. Uh, you know, uh, stiff you know difficulty in the in the copper price coupled with kind of a an undercapitalized, capitalized, underloved asset, uh, you know some some of the uh, challenges that come with operating in Africa. Uh, so I spent some time there and really um, really think we made some good progress. Um, you know, uh, I was uh, on my way to the London Business School uh, at the the time that the uh, Rand gold merger happened. Uh, and so I continued with those plans and uh, spent the last year in London, going to uh, graduate school at the London Business School. Uh, through that time, um, I stayed in close contact with Richard, who was the Chief Operating Officer of Barrick, you know, who had been brought in to uh, run an operational uh, turnaround in, in Barrick. Uh, and um, it, when the Rand Gold merger uh, came about as well, uh, you know, Richard uh, stepped aside and made room for the, the new management team and through that period we stayed in contact and we uh, had developed really a, quite a good working relationship and we uh, we were looking for an opportunity to do something uh, entrepreneurial together so we looked at a lot of assets we looked you know around the world and uh, we came across Bunker Hill and it really aligned with uh, with, with what we felt the, the kind of company that we wanted to create and, uh, and the kind of uh, space in the mining sector that uh, one could come in and really create some meaningful value.
0: Yeah, fantastic. You're selling yourself a bit short because I learned uh, during doing my due diligence, you were at one point groomed to become CEO of Barrick under John Thornton. And that was one of the reasons that triggered you to go to management school at, in, in London as well, from what I heard. So um don't sell yourself short. <laughs> uh, I think it's an interesting tip because it, it, it leads a lot of credibility to what you're doing. And that's important. Same with Richard as well, being the ex-COO. And one, one reason why I like the story, you bring a different and fresh approach. So I was going to ask you, like, what is the biggest difference? You're coming from a major miner. Uh, now you're dealing with a, junior, with a junior mining company, completely different universe, I assume. Like, what is the thing that shocked you or excited you the most about transitioning into the junior mining?
1: Well, I think that, you know, the uh, what, what excited me the most was the ability to uh, not only advance an asset, but, you know, but build a company and, and build an organization. You know, so on a daily basis, you know, we're at the stage now where, you know, where I, I do everything from, uh, you know, take out the trash to, uh, you know, to be on calls like we're having today. And I think that, uh, you know, that's an exciting stage to be able to, uh, you know, to be really focused on building. A company from the ground up in every in every sense of the, uh, of of what that means, you know, build, putting in place all the systems, strengthening the governance, in addition to the technical and, and the geologic aspects as well. You know, it's uh, it's really uh, quite interesting, and and that's what's that's what the motivation is, is that you can come to work every day and you can make a meaningful difference and you can impact the trajectory of the entire organization every day every decision you make
0: is there something that's completely shocked you that's completely different in junior mining
1: well certainly uh when you're in, uh, in in junior in the junior mining space what i found interesting is that uh you know the you know the relationship with the with the capital markets is so so important uh you know there's there's not a uh you know there's not a without a cash flow stream to help uh uh, fund the business. It's very important to uh, to make sure that you're focused on uh, on delivering results and delivering m- meaningful results with, with every dollar that you spend.
0: Very, good, very good point. And you mentioned cash, so that gives me a good opportunity to segue over to March, April, 2020, and uh, let, let's talk about it. you and Richard came in with your team, and uh, you you immediately kicked off a 20 million dollar race. You raised 20 million dollars successfully um run us through the the history there who would you bring in like how do you how do you approach the new project there
1: yeah so so what we were doing and our approach was that um you know at bunker hill there was a in reserve when the mine closed uh, for the final time in uh in the 1990s uh but that was not a 43-101 compliant that was before those regulations and really uh the the first thing that needed to happen to really that we felt to really uh, kind of underpin the value of the asset was bring what we knew to be a, a you know a high quality uh, mineralization up to current technical standards. You know so that was that was the first um, the first push out of the gate. We did you know just under nine thousand feet of drilling. Uh, we took channel samples in the in the faces themselves. You know, we went on a massive effort to digitalize the, all of the historic data, create a 3D geologic model, uh, and really worked hard at making sure that we had a 43-101 compliant resource, that we could talk with, with te- some technical uh, certainty and some, uh, and some confidence about it, uh, in, in the market. And we, we were able to achieve that. We got that done. On the back of that, we are uh, we are advancing both on the exploration front, um, and on the on a uh, PEA to investigate the uh, you know, the opportunity for what we feel could be a, a pretty rapid restart and, and return to uh, return to production. That's what we're busy on right now. You know, we spent the fall season drilling on the surface. You know, we're now drilling in the underground environment through the winter, and uh, and, and we're on track to uh, to have that work uh, you know, kind of come to a head at the end of the first quarter, uh, and then. And then uh, based on that, you know, we'll have some exciting decisions to make on on what the next steps are, where we go from there
0: exciting and you you already took a lot of points away from me from from the like drilling like uh-huh. where are you drilling right now fantastic i want to stick stick to cap Circle for just one more second so you raised 20 million dollars yeah, like and that was very very early on before you've done the nine thousand meters of drilling before you even mentioned anything else really like how did you get people over the line to put money and trust and faith in you um with bunker hill an asset that obviously has a a, a capital market history and not a good one um, one of the first comments I got when we announced the uh, the interviews like Bunker Hill, you know, what the history of this deal is, right? Like people haven't really seen, like ha- haven't made the transition yet. Right. So like, what did you tell people to get them over the line to give you $20 million in total?
1: Well, the first thing I think is that you, um, you talk about, you know, what you can, what you can really achieve and, and you're realistic and you're honest. And, and you talk about not only the potential that, that exists. But the challenges that you face, and and how you're going to go about tackling the challenges. I mean, I think another thing that um, that quite honestly helped in a lot of those conversations was the was the fact that you know we're approaching this a bit different. You know, than uh, than than what has been the way it's been approached in the past. You know, there's there's a couple of aspects of that. You know, we we're building a, an operating company, and you know, our, our corporate headquarters are here in uh, Kellogg, Idaho. You know, uh, and and I'm here at the mine every day. This is my sole focus, and uh, you know I'm putting my efforts 100% here at the mine. You know I see what's going on here every day. Uh, you know everything from engaging with the drill crews at the drill sites, um, with the geology team, with uh, w- with the regulatory entities. You know this is it. It helps a lot to be focused here uh, uh, to to make things happen and make sure that the project is, is is advancing quickly uh, I think that helped a lot I think a lot of it uh, as well that uh, that uh, some of the conversations we had that uh, people found refreshing was that you know we, we fully acknowledge the history the, the uh, environmental challenges the you know the corporate challenges that, that came before us and um, and we're not shying away from it you know' we're, we're, we're tackling it head-on we're looking to address it and I think the other thing is the um, you know kind of the, the vision of the kind of company that we want to create, you know, one that is has an eye towards the future, that is uh, looking to use technology to, uh, to to leverage and create value, and is also looking to operate in in a very different way, you know, very focused on building a sustainable, long life, you know, high margin. Uh, Mining and, no, ESG
0: is one point you, you mentioned quite a bit, and 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 the mine, as you said, has some ver- environmental issues. Uh, w- w- there used to be leakage. Your uh, your water, tr- you're treating water right now, running out of the mine, um, and, and that's one thing. Like when I met with Richard in October, I had the privilege of meeting him while I was in Toronto for a trip. And as as you as you said, you're facing challenges head on. I really appreciated. Like he ran me through exactly what the challenges are, what he's looking at, what kind of disasters you have to clean up. Like it's a super fun site. Like it's not a secret right? Um, there, there is some cleanup to do. Um, you, you also mentioned uh, fast tracking to production. Like, what does that include? Like you're doing a PEA right now. Um, run us through your timelines a little bit. And how are you planning to get there?
1: Well, uh, you, you know, some of the studies that we have on right now are, uh, you know, we're doing, um, we're doing verification met testing. So, you know, we have an inferred resource, uh, but when you look at the uh, the technical data and the information, you know what's driving that uh, that categorization as inferred is is not so much the you know the density of information or the quality of the information. A lot of it is around needing to verify you know some of the aspects, you know metallurgy being one. You know we have a hundred years worth of metallurgical data, uh, but you know to be uh, to be current and uh, up to the you know up to the best practice technical standards, we need to go through and we need to do our homework and we need to do, do the work the, the right way to make sure that we verify, improve and we understand that. Um, so on the MET testing, there's a, a fair amount of work going on there. Um, the, on the infrastructure, uh, the re-electrification of the mine, you know, some of the rehabilitation, you know, processing is going to be a key aspect of the PEA. Uh, there, there is not a processing plant at, at Bunker Hill right now as part of the uh, environmental uh, cleanup that the, that, the, uh, that was done here the processing plants were the processing plants were, um, processing plants were uh, decommissioned and demolished uh, and and we're looking at something that's a, a little bit different a little bit interesting uh, but I think is going is really going to deliver a lot of value and when we and that's processing in the underground environment you know, so we're going to use, you know, a bulk of the the uh, tails coming out of the processing plant as a geotechnical fill to support the mining operation. Uh, we're looking at the uh, the remainder of the tails to be deposited in underground, which is pretty important because we won't have a uh, surface expression of uh, of tails, so no tailings dams or, or the challenges and the impacts that come along with that. But at the same time, you know the. Uh, the, the idea is to use that tail stream and uh, deposit it in the uh, underground workings in the areas that are actually the genesis point for some of the um, some of the water challenges that we face as well and at the same time as that we're in production you, you begin to mitigate some of those uh, Acid mine drainage challenges that, that that the mine continues to face.
0: And you you mentioned acid drainage, like and I, I hinted at it before. I keep jumping around because I'm trying to pack everything in 20 minutes. So um, I hope everybody's bearing with me. But it, it's a it's a complex story, and we only got a couple minutes left. But one one thing I wanted to get to is the cash burn as well. You raised 20 million in March April. Um, how much are you burning in cash? I know like water filtration or water treatment does cost money every month. Uh, you have option payments of sixty thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Like run us through your cash burn real quick and plans of uh, keeping dilution down in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I start that by saying that we are um, you know we're funded to uh, finish the PEA and then uh, and then carry forward through the rest of the year covering uh, you know all, all of the overhead. So we're full, fully funded to uh, to conduct all of the all of the work that we have on uh, at the moment. Uh, you you are right. You know the there is a there is a uh, ongoing care and maintenance and, uh, and and holding costs associated with the site. The um, you know that that water treatment bill, uh, the uh, you know the, the lease payments that we have. Um, and, you know and really on the water treatment side, you know we have a lot of technical work on, on the go right now. To see if they're, you know, to uh, implement really what we feel are some pretty simple and uh, and you know basic uh, control measures in the mine that that uh, that we expect to reduce that holding cost, and then uh, with the lease payments, you know, obviously, you know, looking with an eye towards uh, moving to um, you know moving to finalize the purchase, you know, at the right time when that makes sense, Um, you know, from uh, from a funding standpoint i think that you know the pea is going to be pretty informative you know we're going to understand at that point um, you know a lot of the trade offs and, and what the future is looking like you know and at that time you know i think that uh, with a 43101 resource with a pea with the, the technical work that's going into processing solutions you know we're going to be at a point where uh, when we look at uh, the, the ability to finance and how we want to structure that going forward we're going to have a lot of interesting options uh, on the table to consider. I think that, uh, in a general sense, you know, we're very aware that, um, you know, that uh, that the and would like to uh, move forward in a way that, uh, to the extent we can, you know, protects the you know the, the value in our equity. Uh, and I think that having a PEA, you know, gives us options to be able to do that which is why we're really focused on getting this PEA okay. done. On
0: the PEA, I've written down in my notes a Q1 2021. Do you have a little more exact date for us or it's a bit of a moving target right now still?
1: Well, it's, uh, you know, of course we have the, the, the detailed project time, you know, and uh, what I can say is that we're, we're, you know, pretty quickly on all fronts. You know, all, all the all the contractors are, are uh, in the pipeline, uh, but, yeah, you know, at this point it'd be hard for me to circle a date on the calendar. Oh, I, did, but, I didn't uh, want the day, right? As as, so, it's just like work. end and Q1, as far as, early Q1,
0: mid Q1, like it's still a 3-month range.
1: <laughs> I think that um, the the way that I look at it is that I want to use, you know, you, you know as much time as I can to advance advance and uh, and, and get as much, much information as possible into that PEA. You know, a lot of the drilling that we're doing we're looking to uh, incorporate that into not only an, an upgrade from inferred to indicated uh, of the uh, portions of the inferred resource, but uh, ex- expansion of the of the resource as well. So, um, you know, from my perspective, it's a balancing act. You know, we need that out, and we will have it out by the end of Q1. Uh, I want to take all the time available to me to get as much new information, as much work in as possible. Fair so I, I think I'd say that... The, the, the last half of uh of march as opposed to the first nothing, half.
0: nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that and uh so like we're at the end of our time unfortunately so what we usually like to do is like if you, if you could run us through the news flow that you expect for the next few months highlight obviously the pa at the end of q1 um but what can we expect you you mentioned drilling i don't think i've seen too many drill results yet um just just what can we look out for yeah i think the
1: um if you look at you know the milestones that that we're looking to stack up and, and we're working on uh, taking off as we go forward, I think the first one that you're going to see is that we are uh, working on a TSXV listing. Uh, you expect that you know in the coming weeks. Certainly uh, expect to have some uh, you know some of the drill results uh, coming out uh, probably in the new year, uh, early in the new year. Uh, followed up with uh, you, you know you'll see us continue to. Kind of strengthen and develop our management team, um, you know, and uh, and that'll all lead into you know, um, an updated resource and a PEA that'll kind of come in conjunction.
0: Gotcha. Are you planning on releasing resource and pa together, same day, or like what's the plan? Like, we've seen that happen before, nothing wrong with it.
1: I, I think, I think it's too early to tell, but I think that what, what we would expect to see is that, you know, you would see that resource, uh, of course, come first. And then that, uh, it is, uh, that enables and allows the PEA to uh, take into account the, you know, the, uh, the most recent and up-to-date resources possible. Fantastic. Well,
0: Sam, we're out of time. I, I, as I said before, like, we tried cramming as much as possible into 2020, what is it now? Oh, 27 minutes. <laughs> uh, way over format <laughs> length. So, um, but uh, it was really informative. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, running us through Bunker Hill, your next steps. I think you're still an undiscovered gem to a degree based on the legacy in the capital markets. I don't think a lot of investors have looked your way yet. One of the reasons I like it because there's no chatter on CEO.ca. You don't see much on Twitter yet. So uh, I'm quite excited to be introducing the company here at least to a degree and, and hope we get you back on the program soon. Um, to, to catch up uh, with what's happening, and uh, really enjoy, really enjoyed talking to you. Really appreciate it, and uh, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, and uh, we'll we'll talk in the new year.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Kai. I'm looking forward to coming back.
0: Everybody else. Thanks for watching us. This was SF Live episode 109 with Sam Ash of uh, Bunker Hill Mining. And uh, please follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Hit the like, like, subscribe, and alert button. That way you get notified when we go live with another update. And uh, really appreciate your feedback and comments, positive, negative. Let us know what we can do better, and uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Thank you so much, and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode.